Hey guys, I want to share some strategies that I have been effectively using to really stay on offense during this, you know, COVID-19, you know, really, you know, battling against the shelter in place orders in order to at least in some way keep my business um, on offense. And I want to share three strategies in particular. So let me start by taking, I'm going to share my screen. And what I want to do is I'm going to take you to uh, the agenda. All right. Now, there's three parts that I want to talk about with the agenda. First part I want to talk about with the agenda is what does it mean to be on offense? Second, I want to talk about, uh, about how have you gotten better? How have you gotten smarter? How have you positioned yourself better? So when the opportunity represents itself, you're ready to take advantage of it. And lastly, if anybody knows me, I'm all about tools. I'm all about strategies and techniques, concrete things that you can use right now to improve your business and improve your life. So I'm going to end with a couple of tools that I really want to, uh, I want to share with you that, that I love using. And, I, and, they, and believe me, they're so simple. It's amazing. Um, and they've been so effective. So I want to deliver those for you as well. Let's start by talking about um, what does it mean to be on offense, right? Think about how, what was your routine before the, the, the shelter-in-place order came down in your state? What were the things that you were doing to advance you know, your business, to, to, to generate new business, generate new customers? Well, if you're like me, a lot of the prospects um, have kind of been sidelined. So they're not really interested in hearing from me for purposes of hiring me right now. So does that mean that I should be sidelined in my business as well? I mean, I guess I could say that, but the problem with that is um, I'm responsible for a family, three children, you know, um, uh, a lot of financial responsibility. So I've got to continue to, to keep my business going and I've got to figure out some way that I can stay on offense. And so what I did was I kind of redefined offense for me. Offense for me is maybe not necessarily being able to throw the, depth, the ball down the field for a touchdown or, or hit a home run, you know, out of the park or, or maybe score a winning basket. And I use those metaphors in terms of getting new clients. Offense for me is about staying in shape. To use the analogy of, of, of fitness analogy, I see my job as as much as possible maintaining what the status quo was prior to the shelter in place order. And if I've got to lose some ground, I want to fight like hell to, to minimize the ground that I'm going to lose. Because what I want to do is I want to keep me, I want to keep my team, and I want to keep my business in, in shape. Because when it comes time to strike, I don't want to dig myself out of a hole. And I think that's what a lot of the competition is doing. I think a lot of the competition figures that, that um, you know, well, what am I supposed to do? Nobody wants to hire me. Nobody has a budget to hire me. Yeah, but it doesn't mean there are not a bunch of other things that you can do. Now, you know, Thomas Edison said, man will do everything he can to avoid the hardest of all labors, which is think for himself, right? And so you've got to start to think. Think about your business. Think about what you can do differently so that you're staying on offense, so you're staying in shape. I was reading an article about a French marathoner um, last, uh, I mean, maybe a month ago, and this guy was, uh, ran a marathon in place on his balcony outside his apartment in Paris. I thought, what an, what an amazing metaphor for, you know, staying on offense. Okay, he's not going to set a personal best. You know, he's not going to set any world records, but here's what he is going to do. What he's going to do is he's going to stay in as good a shape as he could possibly stay in. He's not going to put on unnecessary weight. 
because what when when the curtain lifts, yeah, he might have to do some quick training to get in peak performance shape, but he's not going to be like most of his competitors who have put on some weight, have to go through maybe a, a nutrition regimen or do some some weightlifting uh, that 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 uh, you know to make their body stronger again or you know do some extra running. What he's going to do is he's going to tweak um, his his workout so that he's going to accelerate you know, getting back to that level, that last 10%, because he didn't let himself go all the way back to zero or 10 or 50 or 20%, right? That's what you want to do in terms of staying on offense, or that's at least what I'm doing. Evander Holyfield is a great example. Uh, Evander Holyfield, um, if you remember, was the heavyweight champ of the world. And his training regimen was in, in contrast to his competitors. Holyfield, if you looked at him, was like a Greek god. He was unbelievably chiseled. Well, most champions, what happens is once they become the champion, they get distracted by all of the opportunities that come along with it. You know, there are all these appearances, you know, being on the Tonight Show or being in television um, shows or being in the movies, you know, being invited to go to, to banquets, um, you know, all the kinds of things that distract them from their training. So what happens invariably is they put on a lot of weight and they get out of shape. And then because they have to keep their, their you know, their, their championship status going, they got to take on the next contender. And so maybe the fight is six months or eight months off, two or three months prior to the next fight, they go back into the gym and they put themselves through this rigorous um, training regimen with all kinds of nutrition and massive weight loss drop in a short period of time that no doubt takes a toll on your body. And hopefully there's been enough runway to get them back to peak condition by the time the fight comes. Holyfield, in contrast, whether he won or lost this fight, would take two weeks off and then he would get back to the gym. He wouldn't train at, to be in peak performance um, until, you know, two or three months before the fight, just like his competitors. But he didn't have such a long road to travel. He had a very short road to travel. He didn't want to be in peak performance, you know, or train at peak performance level six, eight, nine months out because he could burn himself out. But he also didn't want to put himself at a key disadvantage where his body weight and his condition went up and down, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And it really helped him to sustain, you know, his status as a reigning heavyweight champ for a long time. He was extraordinarily competitive for a long time because you're only as good as your body when it comes to boxing. And he took incredible care of his body. So what I'm saying to you is this, is I think the key is, Prepare to be ready when the opportunity presents itself. That's all. How are you preparing to be ready? And then maybe what you have to do is redefine what it means to be on offense. You've got to set up a routine, you know, in the context of the shelter in place order that's going to be different, but it's going to have the same meaning as, as your routine prior to the shelter in place order. Not easy, not easy but challenge yourself to think uniquely. You have to, right? If you're in your own business, you certainly have to because you, you still have to pay the bills, right? Yeah, sure, there, you could have some delay maybe on your mortgage or on your rent if you're in that kind of a situation, but it can't go on forever. So you've got to be ready. Second thing I want to talk about, I want you to engage in a little introspection. I want to ask yourself a serious question and I want you to be honest with yourself. We've been at this shelter in place for about 40 days now in some states. Question I have for you is, how have you gotten smarter, more effective, and better positioned 
for success when the curtain lifts. I talk to a lot of people and I will tell you, there's a lot of people that aren't getting better. They just see it as, a, as you know, what else am I going to do? And they're just marking time. That's the last thing you want to do. You want to have taken advantage of these past 40 days. And it looks like, you know, things are being in the shift. You know, in some states, they're starting to, uh, you know, phase one, re-engage in the business community. Others are going to be May 15th. Others are going to be May 31st, right? So it seems to be on the horizon. So you can look at it from two ways. One way is take a great deal of satisfaction that you, take, you made the most of your time and still continue to get better. Or let's say you didn't make the most of your time and you're listening to this, you know, this, this, um, uh, this podcast or this YouTube video and, and you know, you're saying to yourself, you know what? He's right. And I'm going to take advantage of the last two weeks or the last 30 days here and I'm going to get better. Look at it from an individual perspective. How are you going to get better individually? If you're part of a company, how can you get better in the context of your career so that people see how good you are? Guys, look, crises propose opportunities for you to show your unique ability. You see, a crisis will pass. Question is, when it passes, do people remember the role you played as a key player? Maybe you're not part of a, a bigger company. Maybe it's just you, or maybe it's, you're a small business owner and you have a, you know, a bunch of employees. And so what you have to do is, is think about, you know, how can I get better to help my company? How can I help my company get better? I was, when I was putting this agenda together last night, my, my sister-in-law, Giselle, who's a teacher, I overheard it. It was kind of funny, you know, it was like, literally, as I was writing this, sec this section here, she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take one of these days during this quarantine and I'm going to figure out how my iPhone works. And again, it was a great metaphor, right? Like, what if you took one thing a day after 40 days, you'd have 40 improvements stacked one on top of the other. Think about how empowering that would be. Okay, so maybe you're late to the game. Maybe you're going to just start today. You'll have two weeks of that. Because I guarantee you'll have two weeks more than many of your competitors. Make a list. How about this? Make a list. I put some examples here. Make a list of five areas and one thing you're going to improve in in each area. One thing you're going to be better at. Guys, you may have heard me say this before, but I want you to hear this again if you have. And if you haven't, you're going to be surprised by this. The average college graduate reads 0.7 books per year. Yeah, that's not, I'm not making a mistake there. 0.7. If you read for 20 minutes a day, every day, if you're an average reader, 20 minutes a day, every day, at the end of one year, you'll have read 22 200-page books. I guarantee you most of the books that you're going to want to be reading are between two to 300 pages. That would put you, if you read one book a month to make you better, or listen to one book on tape a month. The average student, there was a survey, I remember it was done, Bob Ortiz, who used to run Cushman Wakefield here in L.A., he told me the statistic a few years ago when Stanford was a bargain at 50000 a year, the average parent would spend $50,000 a year on their child's education. It's $200,000. At the end of that, that four-year education, over the next 10 years, that same student would spend a total of $1,200 on their own personal development. That's $120 a year. I'm going to tell you something right now. It is not hard to be good. 
And the reason it's not hard to be good is because most people are not willing to do what it takes to be good. So there's always room, always, always room at the top. Why is it always so crowded at the bottom? But there really are very few people that compete at the top. So how have you gotten better? How are you going to continue to get better? Now, I want to share two tools with you, okay, that I use in order to help me um, uh, stay on offense. All right. First tool I want to share with you is my, um, is my, uh, just bear with me here. Excuse me, guys. All right. So what I want to do. <clears throat> so the first tool I want to share with you is, is what I call my weekly priority worksheet. And um, I want you to look at it from two perspectives on the business and in the business. Here's what I do. I do that. I fill this out. And, and if you're listening to this on, on, um, if you're listening to this on uh, the podcast and you don't see this, if you, uh, if you um, uh, email me at support at uh, the person to see.com support at the person to see.com, I'll make sure that uh, you get a copy of this. So this, this worksheet, what I do is, is I fill this out uh, on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday before the coming week. And the reason I, I do it before the coming week is because I know that if I try to fill it out on Monday, Tuesday, even half, you know, noon on Monday, the likelihood of me getting it filled out is, is, is significantly diminished because I'm immediately reacting because I'm so busy and I have so many priorities and so many things I have to get to. So for me to sit down and to begin to think strategically about my business is very, very hard. So what I do is I want to set myself up for success. I want to prepare myself on, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to win the week. So come 9, 9, 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. Monday morning, I hit the ground running. Now, guys, if you see this, I have on the left-hand side is on the business, and on the right-hand side is in the business. I want you to think of it like this. On the business are what I call my designated hitter skills. These are the things that help me grow my business. Right. So it, it, it could be things like um, do a podcast. It could be things like advertising campaign on Facebook. It could be um, about uh, creating a, a, a hit list of prospects to market the person to see university to all things that at the end of the day, in some way, shape or form, relate to growing my business, expanding either the footprint of the business or increasing the bottom line, right? So that's on the business. In the business, all of the things that I have to do that are administrative in nature that have to get done. Look at the P&L as an example, um, update my LinkedIn profile, right? Um, you, know, uh, I, you know, learning how to uh, put a virtual background on my, my Zoom, um, uh, Zoom account. You know, things that don't necessarily help grow the business, but they definitely have to get done to keep the business going. Now, this is an important feature here for me that I want to share with you. I use this document as a brain dump. I don't only put on this document those things that, are, um, uh, that I'm going to do this week. I put everything on this that's on my radar screen. I, I make the joke that if you looked in my brain, there would be nothing there. Not because I'm dumb, not because I'm empty-headed, but because I want to put everything down on paper. Now I have this electronically or I, or you can use it um, 
you can print it out as I like to do because I'm a very visual person. And for me, if I keep it on my computer, sometimes I have a tendency to forget about it. So I, I do a brain dump. And then what I do is during the course of the week is I check off the things that I get done. Then on the, at the end of the week on Friday before I'm done for the week, what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll prepare the new one for the following week. And what I'll do is I'll say, okay, let me start by moving over those things that I didn't get done. And then what I'll do is I'll add to it because I'll look at my monthly goals and I'll say to myself, okay, what about my monthly goals do I want to work on this week? Or what are some other things that, you know, got on my radar screen during the course of this week that I hadn't thought of before? And I'll add to it. So my list is pretty filled up. It doesn't mean it's going to get done, all of it. When I first started out building my business, I did this every day. It, it, was, it was amazing, the power of execution. I'm not suggesting you do that. You can if you want, but I had a lot of things that I want to get done in a very short period of time because I was just starting my business, right? Whereas people were taking three months. I wanted to take three days to get my website up. So there are many moving parts, and I wanted to be able to put all those things down. There was, you know, I, I had to get my logo done. I had to get my brochures done. I had to get my, my email set up, like all these things that I wanted to get done. So instead of taking, you know, three, four, five, six months to get my business going, I wanted to take three, four, five, six days so I could get to work on prospecting. So you could use it on a weekly basis or you could use it on, on, on a daily basis if you thought it was useful. At the top there, you see where it says impact grade. I save these because what I want to do is have some accountability. I want to ask myself at the end of the week, I want to do a little bit of an assessment, which is, did I have a heavy execution on the, on the, side, on the business side of the, the ledger, right? So on this worksheet, on the left is on the business, on the right is in the business. And I want to give myself a grade, an A, B, C, D, or F, because I want to know is, in terms of impact, did I move my business forward? You know, did I help myself you know, get to the next level in some way, shape, or form? So I want to give myself a grade. I'm, I'm all about measurement. I'm all about accountability. And yes, it's, 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 it's a gut grade. I mean, it's nothing, there's no science to it, but this has been a super, super helpful tool for me. Um, I also want to share with you on this is that two things. One is that um, it's very easy to, to, to major in minor things. And what I mean by that is you have a, a detailed list on the right side of your priority worksheet with all of the in the business activities. And if you're not careful, you can work those really aggressively. And you can say to yourself, boy, I was super busy, but you weren't necessarily productive. So make sure that you're focused on the right activities and you have the right balance. The left side needs to get done first, which is on the business, right? The most important on the business activities get done first and then in the business activities get done second. Second thing I want to share with you is if you want to be successful, here's what I suggest. Start fewer things and finish more things. I'll give you a good example. One of my clients um, owns an uh, independent um, supermarket chain in Orange County in San Diego, uh, in LA for that matter. They have a, a couple of stores in LA. They're very successful and they're very much into planning. But they were going through some challenging times and the CEO was a friend of mine, was a client of mine and is a friend of mine. He told his people, look, we got to start landing some of these planes. And what he meant by that was, hey, we go to these strategic planning sessions and we, we come up with buckets of ideas and everybody has really good ideas, but we become, you know, generation of the ideas becomes the, um, 
the thing of the day. He said, we have to stop generating more ideas and start, start implementing some of these ideas that we already have, right? So start fewer things and finish more things. You can see yourself be really, really productive. Okay, want to go to, um, I want to go to uh, the other, um, let me see. Here's the other tool that I want to share with you. All right, this is, this is no, I love this tool. Love it, absolutely love it. This is a tool that I use to stay on track daily, right? These are the key to-dos. So what I do is this has two pages to it, all right? Is here's the first one. It's not two pages, but this is the cover. This is the inside. Cover, inside. So imagine this is folded in half. It's, it's all of two by two, right? Or two and a half by, actually, it's a, I'm wrong. It's three by five. It's a three by five card that I had designed with, you know, this matches our, you know, our um, training materials. So it's got the same branding on the outside. I put on the back there, I'm a man of action, not a man of planning. And what I do is the night before, the night before um, the next day, I sit down and I look at that priority worksheet and I say to myself, what are the three most important on the business activities? And what are the three most important in the business activities? And I write them down. Three most important on the business, three most important in the business. I then put it in my pocket. Guys, you, first of all, you're going to be blown away at how difficult it is to, 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 to get these, each of these done. Because what happens is things get in the way. But if you can fight like heck to, to stay focused on your business and execute the way you need to, you're going to move your business forward tremendously. I mean, you're going to move it forward so briskly. I want you to think about this. There's 220 work days in the year. Right. Let's go down. Let's say, you know, three weeks of vacation or so. That means there's 200 where you could work. Times three is 600. If you did 600 things intentionally related to your business, it's impossible not to move your business forward. It's absolutely impossible. So what I do is I plan my week on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I plan my day the night before. And literally, I take this three by five card and I put it in my pocket and it's my business plan for the day in my pocket. Something pops up, I write on it and I go back, I write on my, on my priority worksheet to add it to my priority worksheet. So nothing gets forgotten. Everything that's in, in my mind goes down paper. So that's, that's what I do in order to, um, in order to stay on, on track. Last thing is just, is this for you guys? What are your commitments? What do you want to do? You know, what, what, what do you want to do between now and when that curtain lifts? Do you want to pick one category and work on three or four things? Do you want to pick five categories and work on one? What I want to caution you against is don't try to make up ground. You cannot go backwards. All you can do is go forward from where you are today. So pace yourself. I'll share with you a, a story, and this is what I want you to think about. This is a story, my, it's, it's kind of guided me in my business and how I, 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 I try to guide my clients. 
when I was going to college, my dad, we were, I remember I was 18 years old and we were driving on Hilltop Circle in, in Menden, New Jersey, where I grew up. And my dad was, was driving. I was in the passenger seat. We were talking about going off to college. And he said to me, son, I want you to shoot for bees. Now you can imagine 18 year old kid. I'm like, that's unbelievable. God. That's great. I would love to do that. He said, no, no, you're, gonna, you're missing my point. He said, you're going to school in Washington, D.C., and I'm afraid if you go down there and you focus only on grades, you're going to miss the whole experience. I want you to go and I want you to visit the monuments. I want you to go to lectures. I want you to get involved in student government. I want you to be involved in athletics. I want you to, to go to class. I want you to socialize and go out with your friends because I want you to develop you know, the total you. That's what the college experience is all about. And so what I would say to you is shoot for bees. Just shoot for bees. If you deliver bees consistently, you will blow the competition away. If you, if, if you become addicted to only A's, you drive yourself mad. You're going to be like John Nash. Remember that in A Beautiful Mind where he drove himself crazy because of his obsession with perfection? <clears throat> Guys, in an in a earlier podcast I did, I said embrace imperfection. It's true. Get it to where it's good enough, then move on. Remember, even a masterpiece is never finished. It just has to be abandoned, right? Da Vinci could have continued on the Mona Lisa, but he just had to say, I'm done. I'm going to move on to something else. Same thing with Michelangelo. Same thing with all of the greats. Okay? So I hope you some, found some value in this. Just to summarize real quickly, and then we're done. Maybe you got to redefine what it means to be on offense, but stay on offense. Number two, what have you done to get better? And what can you do to continue to get better so that you're better, smarter, and more well-positioned when the curtain lifts? And number three, if these tools work for you, put them in play. A little bit at a time, shoot for bees. Because if you do, guys, you'll blow the competition away. Remember, you are your best bet. So get to work. 